0: Hey folks, this is David. Actually, this is the unseen hand of opposing the Matrix, or the unseen hand of the Matrix. That's a really good title. Um, So anyway, this is Dave, and then uh, let's see. That's Ralph over there. No, this
1: is Ralph. I don't understand it. I think we're okay. Let's just do it. I
0: don't know. We're yeah, we're being affected by the Matrix today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the matrix
0: has sucked us in and is pulling trick putting tricks on us here so uh we're going to do uh, th- three subjects that we know of so far um the first one we're going to talk about folks is ten dollar gallon gasoline now ralph did this many years ago uh this research and then uh, all of a sudden bam it's it's coming to be reality yeah. or soon will be it's it's halfway there anyway so um ralph Why don't you take it away?
1: Okay. What we're going to talk about is this.
0: $10 a gallon gasoline. The government controls the oil industry. Yes, it does. Optional title, the oil industry controls the government.
1: Pick one. That's so true. I'm serious. I don't know which is which.
0: You pick one, right.
1: Now, for your listeners, uh, you're reading what I, I've got to sign. I'm Ralph Epperson, not you. But you're going to say you're Ralph Epperson because you're going to read the screen. Okay. Go ahead. My
0: name, a.k.a. him. His <laughs> name is Ralph Epperson, an author, lecturer, and historian. And according to your host, a nice guy, a heck of a nice guy.
1: Oh, well, did he? I didn't ask that.
0: Yeah, let me me explain something to the audience, folks. Um, There seems to be a lag in when Ralph talks, and the sound actually comes across. So um, it's not your imagination, folks. It's really happening. So just work with it like I am, okay?
1: All right. Are you saying that I should wait a second before I start talking, or... No, you're in
0: the No, language. no, no. No. No, you're 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 good, Ralph. I just uh explained to the audience that if they see your lips moving and there's no sound coming, just to wait for a second cuz it comes. So. Okay. Podcast on Oct- October 7, 2022. This is an update of the DVD produced in July of 2008 and another update on October 7, 2022.
1: <laughs> I, do the same I would you. like you to
0: know that I have no, that's right. I have no staff working or assisting me and no one is doing my research. No one is advising me.
1: You know, David, it's interesting that on my screen, the words are backwards, but that's not the case. I used to be able to read them with you, but go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Um, I am totally responsible. I am totally responsible for collecting the information that I have gathered for the original DVD and for this podcast. I am sure that all of you have experienced the increased prices for gasoline all over America, and all of remaining paying. And all of remember paying somewhere around eighty a gallon just a few years ago. While reading through a booklet in 2008, I found a speech by John Ashbrook, a U.S. congressman from Ohio. He was speaking on the restrictions that the United States government has imposed on the oil and gas industry in America.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Learn what this thing is. Who controls who?
0: Okay. Um, I presume that this speech was delivered in 2008 or shortly before because it sounded like he was speaking about what was happening in America at that time in the oil and gas industry. Then I noticed that the footnote at the bottom of the page said that the speech was delivered in 1976, 32 years before I read it in that booklet. My goodness. So,
1: 1976. He was telling us, boy, a whole enchilada.
0: Wow. Um, I was staggered because the speech could have been delivered that day, 2008, as well as in 1976. That means that in those thirty-two years nothing had changed in the handling of the oil and gas industry.
1: That should tell us something. It doesn't matter if Democrat or Republican, we get the same strategy on our oil. Yes. That's what he just told us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There had been several changes in the presidency and the Congress between the Democrats and the Republicans, but nothing had changed. That implied that there was an agreement between the two parties to not alter our oil and gas strategy in this nation. That meant that the government was intentionally restricting our access to America's oil and gas fields. Wow. I'm sorry, here we
1: got
0: to do this again. My name is Ralph Eberson and I am a writer, researcher, and historian, and I have prepared this presentation as a way of showing that American gasoline prices are going to go to as much as $7 a gallon and could go as high as $10 a gallon or more. That's scary. I am a graduate of the University of Arizona, but I am sorry to say that I have learned a great deal about The reason this nation is in trouble since my graduation and not from my university professors. I have written four books and produced eight DVDs. I have produced this as a booklet in June of 2008 because I wanted to address the issue of rising prices of gasoline here in America. I have lived in Tucson, Arizona and it is now twenty twenty two, uh, where gasoline has not hit the high price it is in other parts of the nation. But the price is still increasing, just a little behind the other parts of the country. Our gas is now around three dollars and seventy cents a gallon. Really? Yeah. It's
1: five twenty five here. Well, that was a uh I would guess that was probably a week or two ago because it's going up. And it's going up as I was driving. I haven't been out recently, so I don't know what it is now.
0: Wow. And I've become aware that in other parts of the country, it is already around over $7 a gallon. Let me start now with the reasons the price is going up nearly daily. I read Congressman Ashbrook's speech with great interest and was immediately convinced that that he he was right. He understood why the gas prices were escalating. Of course, his voice was not alone. I have read similar comments from other current sources and have concluded that there are many people trying to make sense out of this price increase. However, this congressman was very explicit. He was blaming the federal government for reducing the high price of gasoline. The congressman explained that the federal government had, number one, banned offshore drilling for oil, Number two, restricted oil drilling in the United States. Number three, limited the building of new refineries that that the industry could build in the United States. And number four, limited the amount of oil that they could refine in their existing refineries.
1: It doesn't sound like the free enterprise system is uh, the oil industry is in the free enterprise system, does it?
0: No, it doesn't at all. These actions certainly would decrease the amount of domestic oil produced, forcing oil companies to seek foreign markets. The Congress has made other comments about how the federal government was limiting the production of domestic oil, but these were the essential points of what he was saying. But once again, I have already said that one can certainly note that these same comments would have been written in the year 2008. That means that for 32 years, nothing had changed. These changes, these charges were correct in 1976, and they are correct in 2008, 32 years later. Now I'd like to tell you that America has huge quantities of oil not yet drilled. I would like to discuss the book entitled the energy non-crisis. There it is. The book uh, updated and enlarged the energy non-crisis. Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay Williams is the, uh, the author. It was written by Pastor Lindsey Williams in July of 1980. He was an ordained Baptist minister for 28 years. He went to Alaska in 1971 as a missionary, and he volunteered to serve as a chaplain on the Trans-Alaska Pipeline on which construction was started in 1974. He wrote a book that he traveled with the 10 cities that were being moved as the pipeline extended farther away from their original starting site. He said that he offered counseling and church services to men who were away from home, and these activities resulted in higher morale, and that meant lower turnover to the Atlantic Richfield Company. The executives of the company, who had the responsibility of developing the pipeline, heard of the good work that the pastor of the pastor and they afforded him executive status. Wow. And that enabled him to have access to data, which was not classified confidential, but nevertheless was highly important.
1: The slope is starting. Pastor
0: Williams pointed out that he
1: what, Ralph? I'm sorry, I was going to say uh, get your skis on who are going downhill. Okay. Past,
0: Pastor so, Williams pointed out that he worked on the, on the pipeline for two and one half years and was not paid by either the oil company or the government for all of that time. He wrote there is no true energy crisis. There has never been an energy crisis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This guy. The truth is the truth. He, he was the right man at the right spot. Wait till you see yeah. the whole story.
0: Except except that it has been produced by the federal government for the purposes of controlling the American people. Later on, he, started the, explana- he st- started the explanation as to why he believes that with these words, he tells of a couple of days when he saw the power of this federal control firsthand. He started when he was invited to go along with the vice president of the Atlantic Richfield Company or ARCO to the north shore of Prudhoe Bay, the northern terminal of the pipeline. The vice president told him that if the oil rig on Gull Island, a small island about five miles offshore, would burn meaning they burned the first display of oil.
1: Hold on.
0: They would have found as much oil on the north slope of Alaska as in all of Saudi Arabia. Wow. I believe that.
1: Yeah. It's not already there. It, it's provable.
0: Yeah. I have read in other sources that Saudi Arabia has reportedly the largest oil reserves in the world, so this Gull Island oil field would become the biggest in the world. In fact, there's enough gas on the North Slope to provide the the entire United States for the next 200 years. Wow. How long? How long was it? Two hundred years. Two hundred years. And when the Gull Island Oil Rig burned, the Arco executive was jubilant. He said America has just become energy independent, meaning that our nation would no longer be dependent on foreign sources for our oil. We won't have to worry about the OPEC nations. For the record, OPEC is a cartel of several oil producing nations who set the price for all of, the, of their members. Lindsay wrote that a few days later he received a phone call and a request from the ARCO executive to return to his office. So he drove there, and the ARCO man told him. <laughs> the federal government had just ordered Arco to seal the documents and cap the well, oh man <laughs> so much for free enterprise, huh yes <laughs> and and not release the information about the Gull Island fine and Arco did as the government insisted. <clears throat> Now, let me recall just what Congressman Ashbrook said in 1976. The federal government has banned offshore drilling, and Lindsey Williams just confirmed it.
1: Or well, the right man at the right spot. I think God sent me there to find this out. You're not
0: kidding. So that means for at least 32 years, the federal government has conspired to restrict the marketplace so that OPEC and the other nations could raise the, raise the price of oil so that they could make exorbitant profits.
1: You want to talk about exorbitant profits? I'm going to talk about exorbitant profits.
0: There was one more bit of information shared by Lindsay in his book. He reported that the vice president told him there were many, many dozens of pools of oil all over the north slope of Alaska, each equal to the size or larger than the Gull Island find. Later in his book, the pastor says that the vice president told him, We as oil companies were ordered by the federal government in 1973 to reduce the output of our refineries. This once again confirms in part that Congressman John Ashbrook said in 1976 about the government's interference with the refineries of the oil companies. He said that the government limited the amount of oil and they could refine in their existing refineries. But turning back to the North Slope, one can only, one can only imagine just how much oil is underground in this area. But, but at the very least, it is large or larger than the oil reserves in Saudi Arabia. But our benevolent government has, benevolent or malevolent, uh, <laughs> North Shore oil wells. And we are going to pay $10, if not more, for a gallon of gas and soon. And we can see it here in 2022 all over America. I would like to speak about my personal involvement with Congressman John Ashbrook. On May 23, 1972, I ran as a delegate to the National Republican Convention that would nominate the Republican Party's presidential and vice presidential candidates. This is my appeal that was printed on uh, in the official voters pamphlet for the state of Oregon. Oh, look at that. Son of a gun, Ralph.
1: I was offering myself as a candidate to go to the convention and cast my votes for John Ashbrook. But, of course, and so you could vote oh. for me, and if I was one of them, I'd be one of the delegates on the floor. And then when they say the proud state of Arizona cast 17 votes, one of which is Ralph Epperson. <laughs> That's what it is. And I talked. I wow. gave a quote. That's me with my hair in nineteen seventy-two. That's me. And, and I quoted uh, Abraham Lincoln or something about uh, the the joys of having a free enterprise system. And I okay, wow. I'll, I'll tell you about my results.
0: Uh, There were four of us asking the voters in the name of, in the name, asking voters to name us as the delegates from the district and select the party's president and vice president.
1: So my district had four delegates and we were, we were four. So if all of us won, we would go to to the national convention.
0: Uh, We were committed to vote for Congressman John Ashbrook, who was running for the presidency. Uh, We, of course, were not selected, but we each did get about 10 percent of the vote in our district. I got
1: about a little over uh, 7,000. And but I can't. okay, well, I'll tell you what happened.
0: And I came in second of the four. Only to get beaten by a beautiful female.
1: That wasn't but I was fair. There. <laughs> <laughs> so the other two, I beat the other two guys. There were two, three guys and one beautiful pal. Her name was, she was lovely and a, a real fighter. She was really a hardcore conservative.
0: Nice. Uh, now there's one more part of the story. Congressman John Ashbrook died on April 24, 1982, while he was running for the U.S. Senate seat in Ohio. Wow,
1: this is interesting. Look what happened to Congressman Ashbrook. The,
0: the official cause of death was a gastric hemorrhage.
1: What does that sound like to you? Gastric? Stomach? Hemorrhage? Exploding.
0: Yeah, po- poisoning.
1: Yeah. I
0: wonder wait a minute. Uh we all thought that he was poisoned because the government did not want him as a US senator. Ah, uh, in Ohio.
1: Yes it is. Yeah, He
0: had a vo- he had a voice and he knew how to do use it. I
1: bet it did.
0: Uh one of the one of the clues that he might have been poisoned is the fact that there was no autopsy. Yep, that's the first. That's a big one right there. And his body was cremated in violation of his will that stated that he wanted to be buried in the cemetery next to his family sites.
1: (laughs) Can you believe this? This is America, right?
0: Something smells rotten in Denmark.
1: You bet it
0: is. Oh yes, I must mention. <laughs> oh yes, I must mention that he was a 1952 graduate of Harvard University. You see, one of their graduates figured it out, and got his diploma anyway. <laughs> I would like to discuss the profits made by oil producers. Bill O'Reilly, one of the one of the O'Reilly factor. Of the O'Reilly factor, excuse me, on Fox News said that his said in his June fourteenth, two thousand and eight newscast that it cost Saudi Arabia about two dollars to market each barrel of oil. Wow.
1: more do it slow. You've got to grasp this.
0: Then, then he pointed out that this was when the barrel price was $138, so it cost him two dollars to produce a barrel of oil, and then sell it for $138. But that's what heck of a profit?
1: I'm told that department stores make 10% of their on their sales, and they make it during Christmas time. I learned that in business college.
0: All right.
1: Here you go. Well, see how much of a profit that is.
0: That results in a 6,800% profit. That's not too shabby. No, it isn't.
1: Is preposterous.
0: One last story before I conclude this presentation. I want to go back to a day in 2020 where in Tucson, Arizona, President Donald Trump had made America energy independent. I filled my gas tank up on April 19, 2020. At a dollar eighty nine nine tenths per gallon, and <clears throat> it took twelve gallons of gasoline. Wow. So it cost me twenty two dollars and seventy-nine cents for a fill up in twenty twenty. I filled my gas tank on May twenty second twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. At a cost of four dollars and fifty-one and nine tenths per gallon, it took twelve gallons of gasoline, so it cost me fifty-eight dollars and sixty-two cents for my fill-up. So it cost so it cost me thirty-five and thirty-five dollars and eighty-three cents. For the privilege of having Joe Biden as president of the United States, and that becomes a problem for us. Yeah, big problem.
1: This is this is the major cost of the gas fraud. Try to grab this. We're going to. We should probably discuss this at the end. Go ahead. Okay.
0: Those dollars that those dollars that we send to foreign nations generally do not come back and trade from the oil-producing countries. So the money we send to them in what the economists call a trade deficit, we buy from them, but they do not buy from us.
1: Okay.
0: You ready? Okay. Yeah. So it becomes a drain on our economy, and that is why President Joe Biden is president from 2021 to 2022. He buys gas from foreign gas producers. See you in the gas lines, and so it ends. Publius Press, 3100, South Philomena Place, Tucson, Arizona, 85730, website ralph-epperson.com.
1: I want to make sure you we understand what that means. When we buy gasoline from Saudi Arabia, we pay them American dollars. Those dollars don't come back generally. They might sell by someone, but generally, the people in Saudi Arabia want those dollars because they're the, they're the dollar, the money of the world. You can use it all around the globe. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, if it comes, if we buy it from a local gas station, he pays his employees, and then those employees go out. Buy a hamburger, and the people at the hamburger place now can buy a hamburger, and then the next guy can buy a hamburger, and the next guy can buy a hamburger, and the next guy can buy a hamburger, and the next guy can buy a hamburger, buy a hamburger on infinite item. That's what the freedom. This is the total fraud. That money does not come back. It's the same problem with the illegals. They get paid here in America, and then they send it to Mexico. In cash, and that money doesn't come back. It's a drain. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's why they do it. Mm -hmm. Can you understand? I'm I'm, I'm sure you understand. Please understand, America. This is a theft of grand proportions. That money does not come back, and therefore, forty-seven thousand hamburgers aren't produced. If it ain't produced, right. it can't be consumed. Ralph Epperson, 2022. Right. What do you think of that?
0: Wow. I think that's amazing. Lin-
1: Lindsey Williams. Criminal. <laughs> you bet. He was the. the Lindsey Williams was. He was. God sent. I hate to say it. I think God sent him up there to find this story out he was sworn the vice president was told not to ever mention this by the federal government but lindsey had no contract with the federal government so he told he wrote the book that's right but i'm telling you this is this story is as big as anything he's got this whole world it's a constant in other words we got to dig into our pockets and find new money to buy the gasoline so they can keep it and not send it back. And then we got to find more dollars. Right. And you uh, American people don't understand that.
0: Or, or they got to print more dollars, which puts us into a yes. deficit.
1: <laughs> and that causes inflation. Yeah. Can you see this? Right. It's a never ending spiral, it's a vicious circle. And the American people uh. don't want to hear it. They don't want to think.
0: Uh-uh.
1: I've done this thing on Facebook probably every month, once a month. Talk about discretionary and non-discretionary. Spending, and then we will talk about gas prices going up and when the money doesn't come back. you got to reach in the pocket. That the money you were going to buy your your uh, dinner with, uh, you got to give that to the gas. This is a monster. Okay. Now. We talked about Barack Obama. Is that what you're to do your next? Was it Brock or Walt Disney?
0: Um, I thought we were doing Disney next. Okay, next great. Disney next. Okay. I want to thank you, Ralph, because I get one heck of an education when you talk.
1: Well, David, I hate to say that—that's why I do it. People don't—people don't understand. Yeah. They, 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 one of the most common complaints are, "Why are you doing this?" You're not having an effect. People don't want to... Leave. My next-door neighbor, I gave him a DVD. He wanted to know why the gas prices were so high. So I gave him this DVD to watch. And it's been four months. He won't talk to me. Mm. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, November the 3rd, 23rd of 2013. The, this is just a note. The I didn't get a chance to type. The Disney Channel has a cartoon male character wearing a stylized fez complete with a black tassel. Like when we graduated high school, they put the tassel and Uh it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: That means that he's a member of the shrine, which is a Masonic Lodge, and it's a Disney Channel uh, movie. And the car that he drives has a Shriner bobblehead on the on the front of the car. as He's driving this character. Really? Yeah. Wait till we see. Okay, let's figure out some things. I think I'm, I think we've already done this, but let's do it again, again for your Now let's look at the two words, four four words. What do you see that's common? Uh-huh. Both have Six letters, Mouse, at five. Master mason. So that's why he named him Mickey, right? Because he's got he's a master mason. Now, if you spell it out this way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right. okay, vertical one on top of the other. This is what you get when you put the Ms together. Mm-hmm. M for Mickey, M for master, etc. But when you turn it sideways. 33.
0: The highest masonic order.
1: Is that a coincidence?
0: No, I think it's purposeful.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's look at his signature. That's the way the whole system uses as Walt's signal. It's very stylized, but you can read it. But it's got you know circles, circles, and flashy. And so let's look at it again, and see if we can see something in that. Read the blue, David.
0: Six, six, six. Yeah, uh-huh. look at that—the number of the beast. And it,
1: yeah, it's in his signature. What does that tell you? It That's is. his signature. I go. I watch that mm-hmm. that program on uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, the guy that um, uh, whatever, Pawn Stars or something, and they sell uh, they sell Walt Disney. Oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Frenilia, and that's the signature. Everything. Mm-hmm. Six six six. It's concealed, which means he's telling those initiates he's one of them. Yeah. Right. Let's look at this.
0: Wow. Mickey, okay. What you see, Mickey. I can't yeah, okay.
1: What does the bottom one
0: say? I'm not quite getting it, Ralph. What?
1: it says wicked. Mickey Mouse, oh, when yeah. you reverse it, says wicked.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yes. That's a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> Come on.
0: It's a purposeful.
1: You better. Yeah. It? I think we discussed this once before, but I'll use it again. This is, I, I like to joke that I said, when I go out for buying a, a prop to use in my work, I find the finest ones I can and elaborate and work and beautiful. And, and this was a, this was a, uh, a table, a, a plastic napkin to put your drink on when you're drinking you know. Oh, this was at Burger King. And who's that? Scrooge uh, McDuck, right?
0: Well, right.
1: Right, and there's three little nephews. There's one over there and then this one and that one. Now, what's yeah, one's that,
0: cut, off, cut off.
1: What's he doing? What is uh, Scrooge McDuck uh, skiing on? gold coins. Right? And that's, that's a vault. Right, huh? He's got a vault in there. In other words, the very wealthy uh-huh. hide their money in vaults. No, they don't. This is intended to make us feel they're greedy. No. Scrooge McDuck mm-hmm. I do it, but 90% of the, the wealthy people turn that money Into jobs, businesses, highways, or whatever work to make a profit. Uh This is what we're supposed to believe. They're all a bunch of greedy masters who use this money and freely throw it in the air. There's even a uh, money tree that one of them's pricked and it's involved with uh, a, a vault. And the second guy. I had mm-hmm. on my DVD. I talked about Jack Benny. Maybe you don't remember. Remember him at all? Jack Benny. Sure,
0: he yeah, the violin player, comedian. Yeah, right,
1: but he was first all uh, vaudevillian, then he got into the radio business, and then became a TV star, and finished, I think, with TV with, when he turned old. So Jack Benny used to was called Screw uh-huh. Tight Taiwan, and he. he Worried about right. keep, you know. Uh, the, Foster Brooks did a, uh, uh, a a roast of Jack Benny, and he got him. Foster Brooks grabbed a thing that is special that no one else has done. He's drunk, and he oh yeah. So I'm a, a Jack Benny's accountant, and I've got his tax return right here in front, and I'm going to read it from the top line. It says top line income. Yes, uh, Jack Benny earned a billion dollars last year in salary and, and uh, concerts and uh, uh, TV shows. And then $36 from collecting bottles around the neighborhood. So that's it. It's tight. tight. Jack Benny, always c- concerned about money. Well, that, that was all done by design to convince the American people that they're... they're, But I'm telling you, those people know how to make profit. And if they know how to make profit, they can Mm -hmm. hire people. And when they hire people, they can end up buying their own product. Henry Ford made the car, Mm -hmm. raised their salary, so they could buy the cars from Henry Ford. Some of them. Yeah, right. My stepfather... Uh, worked in the Ford factory in Detroit I think when he was a boy or maybe later, and he worked on his car. He was a welder that they, now they've got uh, robots doing it, you know, this kind of thing. But he made and he made sure his model he was making had strong double, double welds.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, Disney stars, Bobby Driscoll. I'm sorry,
1: Dad. Yeah, if I may, just going to make it brief. It's very strange. Okay, uh, many of Walt Disney's teenagers, young people like Bobby Disco, who was the
0: Mouseketeers.
1: Yeah, the Mouseketeers is one, but movies and TV shows, et cetera. But Bobby Disgrove, uh, uh became in 1950 got an award. He was 17 when he first experimented with the with heroin. And he, uh, in no time, I was using whatever was available, mostly heroin, because I had the money to pay for it. He was found dead at the age of 31. Disney had oh, an effect on Bobby Disco. I remember Bobby Disco, a young man, maybe not. Now, maybe, yes, okay, else I'll see, can you read this or not? The yellow.
0: Uh, yeah, it's so got jo- Johnny Crawford. Uh, another original musketeer had no qualms about taking all the all. No, about hey, by
1: the way, I'm jumping all over words. Off. Okay, so when you don't see the the yellow, skip over it. Okay, go back.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, another no musketeer. We're talking about Johnny Crawford. He had no qualms uh, taking it all off in front of camera in a 1973 quasi-porn flick, The Naked Ape, produced by uh, Hugh Hefner figures and co-starring Victoria Principal. And jumped down, it says, the first man to be, to appear 100% buck naked in Playboy magazine.
1: At Disney? <sighs> He's turning out privilege. And I'm going to show you how I can prove yeah. it.
0: There's a bunch of. groomed to do this.
1: What's that? Hmm? I didn't They know. all get groomed.
0: Yeah. 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 Groomed. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay Lohan, uh, once uh, one of the brightest stars ever to come out of the Disney. Roster okay, Lindsay Lohan was has spent much of this past decade in and out of jail. Uh, move it over, Ralph. Okay, uh, jail rehab and bad movies. Yeah,
1: in other words, you could oh, god, that you work for Disney, the guy that's so pure and so nice and such a loving. Here's a good example.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, Miley Cyrus. Jeez. Uh, Let's see. We know that we have seen Miley Cyrus pose topless for. uh, Okay, there you go. Uh, Terry Richardson.
1: They're not pure. You certainly can't say all of them are. But let me tell you about something that I found out from a personal story.
0: Okay, I don't know what that is, Ralph. Okay. I see it 33.
1: Okay, yeah. It's upside but down.
0: It's upside down, Ralph. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Is
1: that right now? 33,
0: okay. Okay, now. Yeah.
1: This, mm-hmm. is, this is a room inside the castle that puts this, the someone's castle. And in there, you pay $10,000 mm-hmm. a year. To go in there, it's the only place on Disneyland where you can buy booze, but a woman that I know, a a young girl, her father was an executive for a major corporation, so he could pay it, and he went and took the young girl, and she gave me this. That's a matchbook.
0: Was that a matchbook cover?
1: Yeah, right. And then wherever that is.
0: Wow.
1: Oh, that's a symbol, okay. Huh. He brought these things with with I've got about six. So, now let me tell you what happened. He took his two odd daughters with him, both college students, and I can only tell you something changed them after going to number 33, the first one, huh. they were taught how to become sexy. The first one, right. these girls were twins. The first girl went to her school and she was wearing a push-em-up bra on campus all the time. And the guy, that mm-hmm. UCLA graduate student tried to make passes at her, and she went and complained, but she's worrying this stuff that she learned in 33 what to do to become sexy. She got pregnant by her boyfriend. huh? These are Christian girls. The other one started doing the same thing. Now she did. She's still, as far as I know, still single. But I've got a list of these women. There's just dozens of them. They all turn out trouble trouble. two of them, Anne Hathaway and Julianne Moore. I don't know who Julianne Moore is, but Anne Hathaway is a more contemporary. I know who that is. They both served, did nude scenes in their movies. Really, Anne Hathaway was a young, was an actress, and she portrayed, I um, guess, a, a, a cousin of the queen, and the queen dies. So they found her and turned her into to a into the becoming a queen. Britney Spears mm-hmm. is another Disney. Okay, see what date can you? Can't yeah, I knew it. that. Yeah. Okay. She leaves her crowd baffled. Um, she walked through her dance. Okay, let me get my magnifying glass. You'll never see. This a small print, but I thought I underlined the part parts, but I did for another reason. She walked through her dance moves with little enthusiasm. It appeared she had forgotten the art of lip syncing, and she looked embarrassingly out of shape. Now, uh, Justin Timberlake uh, at the MTV Honors won major awards Justin Timberlake joined the Masons as Justin Timberlake and they featured him all over their campaign look at Justin you could be a movie star and join the Masons right. Christina Aguilar I don't know the other people okay now this is the last part of it and this is going to take a stretch but I think I'm right well there's two two more steps I want you to take a look. Maybe I've already done this with you, but if not, I want you to see this. This is a stone statue that's hundreds or thousands of years old. It's Aztec or whatever. And let's look at it. Yes. Yeah, it's a ghost. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 a man. And that's his head. He's got a cap on his head. And then his body goes down. His arms go down on, on the side. And those are his feet. And there's two feet. Now, when I saw this picture, right. let, let me describe what it is. It's a chalk mule. C-H-O-C.
0: Yeah. Given to the pre-Columbian Mesoamerican stone, stone stone statue. Okay.
1: They place, they kill their victim, generally the enemy, cut out his heart, and they place mm-hmm. the heart in the man's lap because that's a flat oh, okay. spot. Uh-huh. So that's his, this is an Indian fighter, there's his head, there's his arms in his body, and he's sitting on the ground, leaning back a little bit, and his two legs and his two feet. Now, as soon as I saw that, huh. now this is me. You don't, maybe don't see it.
0: That's goofy. I'll bring it up a little, Ralph.
1: Right? Goofy. There's the hat. There's right. the big eyes. There's the... Big nose, the two teeth, and the two feet. And I think that or I can't see it, that that is a chalk bowl. And that's Disney's way of creating a character called Goofy that is based upon a chalk bowl. Now that's a stretch. I can't prove it, huh. but it sure looks to me like it's the same thing. I don't know how to do this. I have to put this like this. He's also, I think, I think he's the basis for the Goofy character. In other words, he decided to make uh, a new character Goofy and uh, apparently a dog. Return turn it based upon the chalk where they put dead hearts who were still beating after they'd sacrificed the guy. That's what Disney did. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is.
0: The chalk depicts a human figure in a position reclining with the head up and, it, and turned to one side. His head is to the left. And he is wearing a cap, his uh, arms vertically down to the ground, and his two knees are drawn up so that his feet are also vertical. He he is holding a tray over the stomach. The priest cuts out the heart of the conquered male and places it, if it is still beating, on the tray. I
1: have to admit, to me, I, I think it's a rip, it's a Representation of Chalk because that's death and heart and sacrifice and pagan worship. There, if there this, this is, is a, yeah, I got this out of the I think it was a Wikipedia. I'll, I'll see if you can read it just so they I'll do it this way.
0: Okay, uh, 2012 Chalk uh, Mole sac, Sacrifice Statue Hearts. Wanted, whoa. That's weird. Huh. Yeah. I, can't, I can't read the smaller writing around.
1: Very good. Shop bool it's capitalized, both the C and the M, which means we're specifically about a particular, is the name given to a type of pre-Columbian Mesoamerican stone statue. The chalk bull depicts a human figure in a position of reclining with the head up and turned to one side, holding a tray over the stomach. The statue Mm -hmm. served as a sacrifice repository of the blood offered to our ancient gods, accumulated from young hearts for many centuries. They placed the heart. Now, I... I, don't, I think this is something maybe you want to read I can't read it. it's too too long but the story of Pinocchio is all a cult. Hmm. when you read the story it's amazing really but here's the last part of it I have this in color if you, if you have this that's you know, it
0: Oh, uh, Walt Disney with Mickey Mouse, huh?
1: Now look at his left arm.
0: 33.
1: Well, yeah, well, I don't Mickey's... think it's... Not, it, it's not here. This it, is... Look at what it's doing with his hand. Now, I'm going to interpret that. Here it is. This is a little bit better. This is a black and white version of it. But there he is. It looks like he's reaching... Like you're, you're grabbing a baseball out of the air. Um,
0: Let's see.
1: Where did I? Oh, hey, I'm sorry. It's on the back. I'm not going to sing. Well, you can read this. I think. Will let you.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can. Uh, Dis- Disney Productions. Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio. Yeah. Exactly. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you if your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme when you wish upon a star as dreams do as dreamers do yeah
1: What is that telling? Us? the sun has been worshipped for thousands of years as a god since what is since a star the but the time, a yeah. sun? right when you wish upon a star, the sun. Makes no idea. Anything your heart desires will come to you. It's your heart if your heart is your in your dream, no request is too extreme when you wish upon a star as dreamers do. Now does that sound like you worship Jesus? You
0: know. No, it doesn't. And Ralph, you know, um historically stars are symbolic of fallen angels. Yeah, or of angels.
1: Yeah, a fallen angel. I'm sure angel
0: worship. I don't think
1: good good angels are. Well, that's about all I got to say. I've got a book that I read, I because I didn't have enough time to do a little research on it. I need to read that and do another number on this to talk about the uh, 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 Disneyland and Disney World, wherever it is. They have their own police department. They don't report child abuse. Kids looking through uh, slots in the door where the girls are changing their costumes is not reported. People get injured. They, They take care of it. And it is disgusting when you read about these these young people, how they're treated. I, I maybe I should make that a point. So
0: do you, do you, do you? Do you right, so we're tying this in with maybe child trafficking and, and uh, uh, sexual abuse and things like that, right? It's just kind of like the topping on a cake, but everything else deeper you can't see.
1: There was, there's a video on. You now I'll, I'll start it, and if it rings a bell with you, then say I've already seen this, but there's a, 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 a propeller driven two, two set uh, uh, airplane. It doesn't last like this. It lasts like this. And the people are coming out. And these are single mm-hmm. women from Venezuela being paid to go to their sponsors. Single women. Mm-hmm. Probably somebody paid for the flight. And they're told you'll go and you'll become a maid or you'll do you'll raise the children and maybe they don't get raised, the children. This is where we are. I'm telling you, soon, sometime soon, this nation is going to learn how serious this problem is. Thousands and thousands and thousands of young people are disappearing and they're reporting those that yeah. survive being sexually abused for years. They can't escape. They're tied up. And all they are there is to be there as a surrogate for, for their sexual I'm telling you, the, the, the thing that happened, yeah. Yeah. The the in Epstein saying there's only a scratch of the surface. I think you're the one that told me they've got separate islands. Biden Biden owns a separate island. And apparently there's a tunnel between his island and the, he didn't have to take the airplane. This is how sick these people are. And and one of the things I learned from Donald Trump is they're going to tell us these things. We've got to learn how evil these people are. He's going to get on the radio or some television and do it 24 hours, someone is, and point out what these people are guilty of. It's not just, oh, maybe it's during one of those golden uh, Oscar awards or one of the others, they laughed when the MC said, "Oh, this is Becky LePew. Uh, she's one of the people who escaped uh, uh, Je- whatever Epstein." The producer that it has the casting couch. You'll go to work with him, not getting on the casting couch. And they laughed about it was humours and because they know about it. It's a casting couch. If you're gonna be a star, you gotta put up with this and you'll just go to this one man and he'll do, and then put you out and and they laughed as if it's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: This there is cool. one guy, um Ralph. There was one guy that got up there um, during one of those awards. I think it was the Academy Awards, and he basically called them a bunch of sick bastards, and yes. said that you know that they were responsible for for a lot of stuff that goes down, and and it wasn't well taken.
1: Yes, well, they were sitting there saying, "Oh my God, we didn't know they were going to do this. You can't tell say those things about me." I'm telling you, that's how sick this mm-hmm. nation is. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to know about it until Donald Trump brings it out and makes it public. We've got to learn how evil exactly. these people are. Mm-hmm. Now, what's next? Right. What are we going to do next? It's 3 o'clock.
0: Three. Uh, let's see. It's 3, three 3.13 right now, Ralph. So. Yes. Well, we could, what
1: do you uh, have that will
0: fit in there? How long is the Obama thing? Uh,
1: that might not be very long, no, because we did it in about I think okay. about an hour, so we can do that if you wish. Okay, let me find my. So here yeah, we go.
0: So the last the last one we did was, the last one we did was Obama is a, a, a Marxist communist. Yes. And this is going to be Obama is a, a Muslim.
1: Yes. We're going to prove this from. His own words, like we did with his belief about Marxism. Our president was a dedicated Marxist communist for eight years of our life. Oh, that's not important. Okay, here we go.
0: (laughs) Barack Obama. In, In this, the evidence that he is a Muslim. Produced uh, May the twenty fifth of two
1: thousand and fifteen. Now, this is like one of those things. I made a DVD, and I decided, felt as I'm going to discuss, not to put it up there because I, I could get a you know a a short trip on a a long a long a short trip, a long trip on a short pier.
0: A a long trip on a short pier. Yeah. Um, I'm a historian, lecturer, and publisher, author, and have researched the materials in my four books and 29 DVDs for over 50 years.
1: That's as old as you are. Well, I'm I'm 53 as you are,
0: too. I would like you to know that I have no staff uh, assisting me, no researchers doing my research, no one is advising me. I am totally responsible for collecting the information that I have gathered on this podcast. Yes, you are. notice
1: and the communism thing. I've got books that are 30, 40 years old. I mean, I bought them 30, 40 years ago. Small, little pamphlets to to save for some day when I could use them, and that's what I did. And there they are. You can read it yourself. What these people believe in. Right. There's a little history.
0: Okay, on November fourth of two 2000- thousand. Okay. On November 4th of 2008, America elected Barack Hussein Obama as President of the United States, and he was inaugurated on January the 20th the following year.
1: This is a little... You know, it's charge, believe It's just a short time ago, but it's Yeah, good. that
0: he was reelected.
1: elected That's 10 years ago already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was re-elected on November the 6th, 2012, and inaugurated on January the 20th, 2013.
1: As a little reminder that this guy is not real old. I mean, he was there as president some 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, that's right. Obama has told us that he is a Christian, (laughs) but it shall be the purpose of this presentation to examine the question of whether Barack Obama is, in truth, a Muslim.
1: Yeah.
0: That is what Obama wrote on page two twenty three in his second book published in two thousand and six entitled Audacity of Hope. This is what he wrote. I am a Christian.
1: Once he says it, we gotta believe him. <laughs> so let's see if we can find out something else to say. <laughs> But
0: in a television interview with a CBS reporter during the 2008 presidential campaign, Senator Barack Obama said about his religious beliefs.
1: And that blue dot means there's a picture. Yeah, here it is. Um, I guess I don't have my audacity. I've got the audacity book. I couldn't find it. Or whatever. I've got books scattered still around the house. Okay, here's what we're talking about. This is Barack Obama being interviewed on, I think that's guy right. for, during. he's on 60 Minutes. So Barack Obama's being interviewed by, I uh-huh. think he's got 60 Minutes. Uh, Barack Obama stands
0: you're absolutely right that John McCain has not talked about my Muslim faith. Huh? Senator McCain was the Republican running against. <laughs> what did he say? What okay.
1: faith? John McCain. No.
0: Jo- John McCain has not talked about my my Muslim faith.
1: I just slipped out. <laughs> I'm yeah. really. Crazy. I've watched this thing a dozen times. I know this is real.
0: And the reporter quickly interrupted the candidate with these three words, my Christian faith. And then Barack Obama repeated the same three words, my Christian faith.
1: Oh, oh which funny
0: twist, Which huh? I
1: said, Barack, baby, tell us, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to prove it.
0: I would allow, I would follow that Obama supporters would be quick to point out that this was just a slip of the tongue and not evidence that Senator Barack Obama was a Muslim. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't believe anything the guy says. But anyway, go ahead. But in all honesty, it could have also been a true statement of his religious belief. That's right. And I will be presenting evidence that he was lying because he is, in truth, a Muslim.
1: Okay, i got to prove it. Oh, I didn't say anything about being on the jury. So, listen, my point to this, about that is, listen to all the evidence. Don't say, okay, no, no, he can't be a No, no, I'm going to prove it from his own words.
0: Okay. Now, let me speak about the fact that President Barack Obama bowed before the Muslim, King Abdullah, of Saudi Arabia while he publicly greeted him on April 8, 2009. Picture. Yep, there it is.
1: That is... An, he proved himself to be a servant. He's the head of the Saudi Arabian. Yeah. And then...
0: Well, he was. He's dead now. Okay. Okay, there's another picture of him doing the same thing.
1: That, that's to show you that he's wow. really bowing. He's two thirds of the way down. Yeah. He, okay. That's the picture. A I'm, I'm, of, of that's the a second picture. Okay.
0: Okay, just had to do the president bowed. Okay. The president of the United the United States bowed to an Arabian king, but he bowed because he was saying, I yield to you, O king. Yep.
1: What else does it mean?
0: No president yields to another government. He was saying, I am your servant. When I was a young man, I was taught that as a sovereign citizen of a free nation of America, I was not to bow down to any man, any government, or any king. I am only to bow down before Jesus Christ, my Lord and Master. And the reason is because I am a sovereign.
1: We don't do that. Do we? We'll bow down to anybody. If the Queen Elizabeth came to Tucson, I'd shake her hand. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Um, I can't say okay.
0: Right. I am my own king. You yeah.
1: can't bow down to me. You can do it if you wish, as mm-hmm. a sign of your fees being paid. You can read it correctly. I can't. I don't understand what happened. I'm going to figure that out.
0: <laughs> I I think this example of Obama doing this should have been cause for him to be removed from the presidency of the United States. I agree.
1: Would you agree with that? That's criminal. He's admitting I'm not not the president. You You are.
0: He took an oath to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. But there is a great deal of evidence that he is indeed a Muslim by faith, And he shall be the subject of this presentation.
1: I'm sorry. This is a copy of a copy of a copy.
0: I read that in a newspaper. I took up the whole back page of a paper when I read it.
1: You saw it? Forgive me. You remember seeing it in a newspaper? Which paper do you think it was?
0: Yeah, the San Francisco Chronicle. San Francisco Chronicle, and I think it was in 1982,
1: if I'm not mistaken. So you, okay, uh, we didn't get it. Phoenix got it, but we didn't get it. And that that poses a real problem Uh. for this great man who's got to only get 20 newspapers when he's going to talk to the world. Okay, let's just hold it. Let's just hold it. Because he's playing a major role in Barack Obama. Okay, let's see.
0: The Christ is now here. It's talking about Maitreya. Yeah.
1: And then it talks about how we recognize him. Who is the Christ? What is he saying? When will we see him?
0: This is a photocopy of a full-page ad that appeared in the Arizona Republic, the newspaper in Phoenix, Arizona, and in over 20 newspapers, all around the world on April the 25th, 1982. It was 1982. Yeah. As you can see, the headline reads, The Christ is now here. In one paragraph entitled, Who is the Christ? The ad reads, Throughout history, humanity's evolution has been guided by a group of enlightened men. All at the center of the spiritual hierarchy stands the world teacher, Lord Maitreya, known as, to Christians as the Christ. And as Christians await the second coming, so the Jews await the Messiah, the Buddhists await the fifth Buddha, The Muslims await the Imam Mahdi and the Hindus await Krishna. These are all names for one individual. The ad that predicted that this world teacher would acknowledge his identity and within the next two months would speak to humanity through.
1: So there's there's a deadline within too much
0: okay. mm-hmm. through a worldwide television and radio broadcast his message will be heard inwardly telepathically by all people in their own language this event was described in his day of declaration
1: it's either this and this, this what I said. so one or the other no no it's both you can do it both Right.
0: First of all, it becomes important to notice that this one individual, according to the advertisement, is the one promised to arrive by all of the major religions. In other words, if you're a Christian, a Jew, a Buddhist, a Hindu, or you are a Muslim, this one individual is the promise to to you by your faith. So all of these religions are looking for just one man, the com, the one common to all the major religions, and his name is Lord Maitreya. Lord Maitreya. But notice that this advertisement was only placed in about 20 newspapers worldwide. One would expect that if they wanted the world to know of a person so important to the major religions of the world, the ad would have been appeared in every newspaper in the world.
1: Only got 20. We didn't have the money.
0: but the only readers of these 20 newspapers would learn of the world's teacher's existence. (laughs) That should be the first clue that there is something strange about this person so anticipated by the major religions of the world. Uh, Those in favor of his appearance only announced his appearance on April twenty fifth, 1982, with a full-page advertisement in about 20 newspapers. This is Benjamin Cream, who has written at least two books on the support of this individual known as Lord Maitreya. Ah, yes, Benjamin Cream.
1: Oh, okay. Uh I
0: got there. Okay. The reappearance of the Christ and the Masters of Wisdom. It's a book. Um, uh huh. Benjamin yeah. Creep. Yeah. Yep. Matra's mission, another book.
1: I don't know what that's got to do with anything. <laughs> Just a, a fanciful. I
0: don't know. They have weird artwork. <clears throat> the first one entitled "The Reappearance of the Christ" and "The Masters of Wisdom," published in 1980. And the second was titled Maitreya's Mission, published in 1986. These are a few of the ways that Mr. Cream described this, his support for Lord Maitreya in his first book. On page, one, on page 14, he calls himself a disciple of Lord Maitreya. Now, the English Dictionary defines the word disciple as one who receives instruction from another. And he and he confirmed that a little later on the same page with this statement. In late 1958, I started receiving messages. In early in early 1959, I received a discourse on the reappearance by Maitreya, He was further instructed that the time is coming when you will be expecting it to, when you will be expected to act upon it. And he was instructed to to affirm his coming. And he added that, and he added, in that day is why I am engaged in the work of preparation for Lord Maitreya, he then started on page 20, stated or started on page twenty-four of his introduction chapter of this book to explain just what Lord Maitreya will bring to the world after he makes his day of declaration. Uh, We are moving into a period of climax leading to events which will fundamentally alter life as we know it. Tremendous changes are taking place in all the departments of life. Preparatory to the establishment of entire, entire new modes of social living and relationship. And on page 79, he discusses the reorganization for, of our political, economic, and social life. And in his second book, written six years later, he further explained on page three, we are standing at the beginning of a new era. And from page 113, We are about to witness profound changes in all of our institutions and structures, political and economic, religion and social, scientific, educational, and cultural.
1: You feeling okay? too much
0: voice for you? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, good. No, no, I'm good. And on page 122, eventually this will mean total change of all. Notice he said, all of our institutions. So if I may, I would like to summarize the thoughts of Lord Maitreya. He will bring. In one word, change. Ah, I know where you're going with this. Profound change of our entire civilization. And the dictionary defines the word civilization as the total culture of a people. I would like I would summarize the word to mean the very way we live our lives now, how does all this relate to President Barack obama oh,
1: it doesn't it doesn't I'm sorry <laughs> it doesn't I wasted all my time
0: okay <laughs> I will try to present the evidence that Barack Obama is, in truth a Muslim and such and as such could have heard about the appearance of Lord Maitreya in the year 1988 and further could have determined that he was the individual who was prophesied in or as the Imam Mahdi of the Muslim faith. First of all, this meeting in 1988 is the only public appearance of Lord Maitreya that I can find on the Internet, the Pictures were, and pictures were taken of him. Interesting. So, according to the people that support Lord Maitreya, it was extremely important because they have not announced any other appearance before or since this one in 1988.
1: Hold on.
0: But if Obama was a Muslim, he could certainly, he would certainly want to meet the promised Imam Mahdi when he made his extremely rare appearance on the earth.
1: uh Oh, you start (laughs) to see something. Who's coming to see the Lord? I
0: am. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, there we go. And if he really wanted to meet him, and that if he really wanted to meet him, he could arrange to be there when Lord Maitreya would make an appearance in the nation of Kenya, the nation of his birth.
1: the oh. nation of his birth.
0: Because the appearance of this world teacher was in Nairobi, the capital of Kenya. ...on the continent of Africa. Ah. Now, I, may I bring you the evidence that this individual... acknowledges being Lord Maitreya... ...did not make such an appearance on the date of, Jan, of June 11th, 1988. Three pictures have been made public of his appearance in Nairobi, Kenya... As far as I was able to determine, these are these are the only ones released of that visit. Three pictures. Okay. Yeah, the, there's one there. It looks like he's in with a bunch of. Uh, Sikhs or Hindus? Yeah, is
1: that now, true or what? I don't know. Okay. I, I would see it's it's hard to tell because we only see the, the faces of a few people, but that woman in the blue, right. she's in all pictures. The other two pictures, she's. I would guess we African, and I would guess. I'm guessing that uh-huh. the people that are around you are from this lady. She's got. I, don't know, is that a, I can't remember whether there's a she's got a cross or maybe another picture, but there's three pictures. But she's looking at the camera, and they're taking pictures of, Barack, of her.
0: Um This picture shows Betraya amongst many of those gathered to greet him. Notice that the woman in blue appears to be holding up a cross, implying that she apparently believes that Betraya is the Christ. Of the Christians, either that or she thought he was a vampire and wanted
1: him to go away. I don't think so. Uh,
0: secondly, notice that the man and the woman behind Maitreya do not appear to be African, possibly because they may be Hindus. If they are, they may be there because they believe that Maitreya is the promised Krishna of their faith. Okay. I
1: that makes I sense. Let's see if this might be the second picture that shows that. That's hard. It's hard to do because I've got to talk about it. You know, right. and I want you to read it. You know, there's this is picture number two. Now there, there's a better example okay. of the people that are there. I would dare say that they're eighty percent blacks in Kenya. But that right there, it
0: is Kenya. Yeah. Is supposed
1: to be Lord Maitreya. Now, how tall is he? Can you tell? I don't know. He's not more than six feet tall. Maybe a little plus or minus. But he's a little taller than. Yeah. So, okay, now here's the third one. This is the best of the three the close up. That's him right there. Okay. Would you say Uh that Kenya, or maybe. Someplace else, but there's the little lady. I'd say
0: someplace else.
1: I don't know what that okay. is. Um, yeah, with the cross. Is the cross okay? Huh?
0: No, no, and maybe your right hand, not in her left.
1: What's oh? I'm sorry. Oh, I see what you're saying. Forgive yeah. me, I don't notice one hand. She's got something in both yeah, hands, one hands. Okay, what yeah what is what what is she got in her left hand It looks like the, something is black. What could that be? Some sort of cloth or something or what? But the other thing looks like um, actually she's only got she's
0: she's only got one hand up, Ralph. It's um Mitreya has the other hand.
1: Oh, okay. Next, right next to her. Thank you. See, I'm looking at it backwards. It's got okay. the
0: white white robe around
1: it. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is talking about the picture of all the people kneeling.
0: Okay. This is a closer look at Maitreya amongst others in the attendance, many of whom are kneeling. This picture was uh, downloaded just as it appeared in Yahoo Images, meaning that it was off-centered with a larger white border on one side.
1: Okay, here's just a comment about the third picture we were looking at.
0: This is a rather grainy close-up of Maitreya and the woman in blue, now holding some unknown object. Now, let me provide you with some evidence that Barack Obama could, could have been in attendance that day.
1: Oh, uh, I think this is evidence.
0: As many people know, Obama was a community organizer in Chicago, Illinois, from uh, June of 1985 to May of 1988. He quit that job in May of that year.
1: That's all. I will all the, I'll explain. May.
0: And he traveled that summer to Nairobi for five weeks. I have been unable to <clears throat> so far to determine if he left that position because before the end of the month because the only comment that he has made was that he quit in May. And I will also assume that he left at the end of the month, the 31st of May it becomes important now to provide a few facts about Obama. He was born on August 4, 1961, which means he would have been a young man of 26 years in uh, 1988. The Wikipedia biography of Barack Obama says that he flew to London In June of 1988, and uh, then to Kenya, where he spent five weeks in his home country. Notice that I said that Kenya was his, quote, home country, end quote.
1: Oh, I don't have any evidence to that.
0: A person's home country is the country in which that person was born. And the reason we can know that Kenya is the home country of Barack Obama is because his wife, Michelle, told us, told it to us, that, that it was. Mm-hmm. This is a direct quote from a speech she gave on April the 5th, 2010. It can be found, can be found on the Internet. This is part of what she said.
1: This is when she said, "I don't have the date there, there, but maybe I did. I don't know. Twenty, yeah, twenty ten. She's talking about the trip to Mm -hmm. Kenya." Okay.
0: We uh, when we took our yeah when we took our trip to Africa, and visited his home country in Kenya. We took, and then she continued her, her thought.
1: Wait a minute! What, what does that say?
0: Visited you, his what? home country in Kenya.
1: You think Michelle should know that, or, which true or not? Of course, or she it up. Of
0: course, up. Michael, uh, Michelle knows that.
1: Oh, wait, wait, what did you say, Michael? Oh, Come on! You don't believe that, do you?
0: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Michelle Obama personally admitted that her husband was born in Kenya, not Hawaii as his supporters have said.
1: So we're going to examine do, that. Do, do. Okay.
0: This is a photograph taken off the internet and it shows a large sign that he that has been erected by the government of Kenya commemorating the birth of Barack Obama in that nation. Notice that the other language on the sign appears to be Arabic. Ooh. It is Arabic. Welcome to Kenya, birthplace of Barack Obama.
1: They had a, a talk show at, the, at the, about the time, this time. I, I think I heard a tape of this. He interviewed the leader, the, the government in Kenya or maybe in that province about that sign and he said, yes, we really we we know it's true, we were there oh no, we don't get it
0: right <laughs> and I do not believe it was a coincidence that Lord Maitreya made his only public appearance in the country of, known as Kenya huh I would like to digress and discuss the claim that Barack Obama was not born in Kenya because if he was, in truth, born in Kenya, it might mean that he might not be eligible to become president because he was not born in the United States. That's right. The Constitution of the United States lists in Section 1 of Article 2, Executive Department, that... No person except a naturally born citizen of the United States shall be eligible to be for the office of president. Mm-hmm. You can
1: be born and king, you become president. Sure, you can. That's what it says, didn't it? Didn't it say that? It did say that, didn't it, David?
0: It did not say that. Uh-huh. It did not.
1: Well, you're, you're reading things into so saying you can. How do you. Where did you come up with that, David?
0: Well, the same person that came up with "fee," uh, the two words naturally born, mean that a person was born from the at least one of his parents was a citizen of the United States, and it has been claimed that Barack was born in Kenya. I will not spend a great deal of time on the claim that Barack was born in Kenya, but there are some facts that will assist in determining if Barack should have become president. Apparently, Brock's father took his pregnant wife to Kenya, where she delivered in a hospital. Barack Obama Jr.'s grandmother, Sarah Hussein Obama, stated, doo, doo, doo.
1: <laughs>
0: I was in the delivery room when the president was born. Uh, There were questions during his first campaign that since he was born in Kenya, he could not become president, and Barack Obama claimed that he was born in Hawaii. Pressure was put on Barack and his campaign staff to produce a birth certificate of his birth in Honolulu, Hawaii. Sometime, Sometime later, one was produced. Sheriff Joe Arpaio of Maricopa County, Arizona, took the challenge and created a commission of computer experts to look at the certificate to see if it was legitimate.
1: Okay, now. Here it is. Well, no, I'll, I'll do it in sequence.
0: Of course, his actions stirred up the huge objection from Obama's supporters. He had no authority to do that since he was only a sheriff. And not a member of the legislature.
1: But, pile, them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the sheriff raised a free will raised free will donations from the public to pay his computer experts. <laughs> a few months later, on March 2nd, 2012, he put, called a press conference where he could allow his experts to release their findings. <laughs> My morning newspaper had an article on the conference and the headline read, Arpeo, Obama's birth certificate was doctored. The sheriff contended that Arpeo's Obama birth certificate was doctored. It's a newspaper article and I can't read it. There's no I know, I don't ask in you in to, Yellow. But I just
1: want uh-huh. you to see, there it is. pale outfoxed yeah. Of course, the world listened, and mm-hmm. decided to Obama, huh? Right. Forgive me, I'm gonna, you're going to have to trust me. Uh, if you want, I'll make a copy of this for you, but I've only got four little yellow spots.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Arpaio charged the birth certificate Obama says proves he was a U.S. citizen is a fraud. Contending a forensic examination of the electronic document posted last year by the White House proves that it was not simply scanned into a file, but actually put together in several pieces. While saying the evidence proves that a crime was committed, Arpaio was careful not to implicate the president. Uh, Arpaio has jurisdiction. He said the electronic document put up online by the White House was a representation made to the people of Maricopa County, he said. You You fraud one person in Maricopa County with that. You fraud every person in Maricopa County. At this juncture, we have advised Sheriff Arpaio, we believe there should be a full-blown criminal investigation because a fraud has been committed in Maricopa County and the state of Arizona. Was that ever convened? It doesn't matter.
0: A forensic examination of the electronic document proves that it was not simply scanned into a file. But actually, put together in several pieces.
1: Oh, sorry, I, okay. Well, let's read this.
0: I had a copy of that. Yeah.
1: Is that right? What he did said.
0: He said the document is. I'll tell you a sec. The document is fake. The representations, therefore, are fake. No, what I did, Ralph, is I saw that. I, I downloaded it off the internet, and I compared it to an, an actual document. Uh, that's put on the same kind of paper, and you could see the fuzziness around all the letters and stuff, which proves that it was cut and paste in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it, we responded like we're supposed to. That's a document we can get rid of, no, just some guy and some guys. I don't know. They probably got PhDs from Harvard, and they did the work. out of them. They don't know what they're talking about.
0: Have it, yeah. Uh, And Barack Obama took office.
1: Listen to this. Maybe you know this as well.
0: There's one more point. i will see. Uh, There's one more point that I would like to discuss, and that is the woman who prepared the faith birth certificate said the Sheriff's Commission approved uh, was patched together. Mm Mm-hmm. I was following this Obama birth certificate story, and I remember seeing the woman's name on the Internet. Hold on. I cannot, I cannot document this part of the story, but I seem to remember that she had bordered a small plane that flies between the two of the islands and the Hawaiian chain. The plane crashed into the water, and everyone got out safely. She didn't, and she was the only one who drowned. All the other passengers and crew were saved. I guess when it's your time.
1: <laughs> uh, excuse me, ma'am. Get on board. Let's I mean, take a little flight. And then uh, they probably had sealed people in the water where they put this plane down and she drowned. Or maybe, who knows? She might have been... Yeah. That's what we don't know. But it's just, we know she died in a plane crash. and No one else died. That's reported.
0: Right. And let me continue with this discussion about Barack's five-week trip to Kenya. Now, I'll assume that Obama left Chicago sometime in the first week of June in the flight to London, and then a flight to Nairobi. Okay, we've got a calendar here. Uh, May, June, and July. And all the weeks in June, one, two, three, four, five, are crossed off. And then the first, second, and
1: third, fourth,
0: third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, uh, third and fourth are uh, all um, are all highlighted too, like they're. And there's
1: off. there's so, the yeah. date that that uh, they believe uh, that Betraya showed up in uh, Nairobi. And I put an arrow there, so he could have been there. That's right. it, not proof he was there. Mm-hmm. But,
0: Obviously, if he was in Kenya during the, these five weeks, he could, he could have, he could have been in Nairobi on the eleventh of June. That means he could have been in Nairobi the very day that Lord Betraya appeared.
1: And that's what I pointed at with the arrow. So he was there for a couple of, you know, five, six days, maybe, and then saw this thing.
0: I can find no direct evidence that he was there. But he certainly could, could have been if he had wanted to. Now, let me provide you with the evidence that Barack Obama could very well be a Muslim. This is a picture of Barack Obama with his father, Barack Hussein Obama Sr. His father was born in Kenya and he was a Muslim. Oh, okay, there they are. Uh huh. Father and son. This is a poor quality copy of a form that was filled out by his parents when they enrolled Barack in an Indonesian school. The top line reads the name, and it has been filled out as Barry Soetoro.
1: Forgive me, these are out of sequence. Okay. This was, let's do it Barack's
0: ensue. mother divorced the Bar- Okay. Barack's mother divorced Obama senior when Barack was 2 years old and later married an Indonesian named Lolo Sotoro, who who is also a Muslim. Okay. Okay,
1: there, there's the picture of this little happy happy marriage.
0: Oh, okay, there they are.
1: Yeah, someplace along the line, I I misplaced the um oh boy. I I don't I don't know how to do I I can't. I don't think I've got the picture. Oh, here it is. I do have it. Thank you. It was it was okay. attached.
0: Okay, so we read by, this. by
1: electric. What?
0: Okay, yeah, we read this already. Yeah.
1: Okay, there it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is- it, this page was stuck to the back one.
0: Oh, that's fine. Now.
1: Electricity.
0: A little static, yeah. Now, so Barry be... Toro's on the top line.
1: Okay, I I will I will check. This is poor quality. You'll have to trust me. I'm going to read you what what they did. And you could, if you get a magnifying glass, you can confirm.
0: Okay, the Soratoros enrolled Barak in an Indonesian school, and they filled out the registration form. This is a copy of the paper. The first line asks for the name of the student, and they entered in Barry Soratoro. Oh,
1: that's not his name.
0: So it appears that his mother and stepfather changed Barak's first name to Barry... And I was unable to find an explanation as to why they did this. I guess it was was possible that they legally changed his name. Underneath that, it apparently asked for his nationality, and they they wrote Indonesia. The fourth line asked for his religion, and his parents said Islam. Islam meaning that they were saying that Barry was a Muslim.
1: There you go. He changed his name and say he's a Muslim? And he wasn't because he was a Christian kid.
0: Yeah. And then the bottom <clears throat> and then on the bottom, his stepfather signed the form. Now let's assume that uh Barack, now known as Barry, is in reality a Muslim because his father Barak and his stepfather uh, Lola Sorotoro were both Muslims and they would have instructed their son uh, and stepson in that faith. It seems to follow that he would have been raised in a Muslim faith not only by his father, mother but also by his mother and her second husband as well. Barack H Obama the unauthorized biography I,
1: I use this book and the other one for communism but that's it's the same book but I just wanted you to know if they didn't know that, that that's I'm taking it from this book now mm-hmm. okay read
0: yeah uh this is a book entitled Barack H Obama The Unauthorized Biography by Webster Griffin Tarpley, published 2008. Mr. Tarpley added this additional comment on page 3-4 of his book.
1: This is interesting, too.
0: Obama is half African by birth, meaning his father was African and his mother was an American, being born in Wichita, Kansas, in 1904. His mother was born in
1: 1904? Uh, that might be, be incorrect. typo? Yeah. I, uh, I think okay. so.
0: I don't. Uh, in Islam, there is... Right. In Islam, there is no such thing as a half-Muslim. That's and, right.
1: That apparently was... You know... <laughs> I joke with you about getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning or I'm doing that because I'm single. I don't care. I, I take naps and then get up and eat and then go do my, you know, this work. And I miss things sometimes because uh-huh. that doesn't fit. It might be maybe That's 1940. Good. 40 would be better, wouldn't it? 62 or whatever, 72? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I've got it reversed. Yeah, uh
0: uh-huh. As the son of a Muslim father, Barack Obama was born a Muslim under Muslim law. So, if a young Barack had been taught that, uh, taught that he would have to consider himself a Muslim, even when he reached adulthood. Yeah.
1: See that interesting, half father only has to be a Muslim. Didn't care about the the wife. Right. If he's a born of a Muslim a man, he's a Muslim
0: right now let me summarize all that we have covered so far as i have said i can find no direct evidence that obama was in the audience of june 11th uh, 1988 when Lord Maitreya made his appearance in nairobi
1: we had maybe 20 pages to go so we're going pretty quick
0: okay I have also read Obama's book entitled Dreams of My Father, published in 1995, and he makes no mention of a trip to Kenya in
1: 1988. Mr. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, his second book entitled Audacity of Hope does make one brief comment about a quote, his first trip to Kenya, end quote, but he does not mention When that was, nor does he provide any details about what he did while he was there.
1: That's the last. Well, no, there's one more book, a picture. And once again,
0: the audacity of
1: hope. uh, Every book that I've held up, all since ever started, I've read personally. I there it is, I've read it. Mm
0: -hmm. There is only a brief, one sentence reference about his trip to Kenya. Quote, after quitting his job, end quote, as a community organizer in this in this book. Okay.
1: You want to finish this or are you okay? You're getting tired? Yeah. I'm or what? yeah. Okay, please. I'm just, I'm- a little
0: bit, but I'm good. But there are no details about what he did during the five weeks there. But there is a photograph, photographic evidence that he could have been there in 1988. The internet does not does have uh, several pictures of a young Obama in what appears to be Kenya, but none of them mention a the date of his appearance. This is the first of two that I have uploaded. Uh, yeah, uploaded and it shows a young Barack Obama in Kenya, possibly 1988. The woman shown is his grandmother, the mother of his father, reportedly named Sarah. And this is uh, the second picture. It shows a family gathering and shows Barack standing in the second row, the second from the left.
1: So here's the first picture, of Grandma Sarah. Okay.
0: okay with Sarah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Sarah. strange. She died shortly what? after. She died shortly after the controversy about the booster Uh That's just a coincidence.
0: Right. okay okay i see top row second from the left yep
1: and that's the grand one sarah again oh Mm -hmm.
0: Look at that. Barack Obama. It looks like Kenyan or Muslim gear. Huh. Wow. Okay. A picture. That's the same picture but blown up it looks like.
1: And in color. Is that Barack Obama or
0: not? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: They seem to have been...
0: Uh, These three pictures of Barack Obama seem to have been taken during his trip to Kenya in 1988. He certainly was not photographed wearing typical clothing worn by an American young man. That's true. So I have to ask two questions. Is this Barack Obama addressed prior to his meeting with Lord Betraya in Nairobi, Kenya, on June eleventh, 1988? Uh, were these two pictures taken during his 1988 trip to Kenya? I have. I must admit that all of this is preliminary research, but it is certainly something that needs to be thoroughly examined. Amen to that. Because if it's true, it seems to tell us a great deal about the time in Barack Obama's young life before he became president. The time of his trip to Kenya was excellent, but none of his books and articles that I have read even briefly mention his travels to Kenya. And they do not provide any details about his five-week stay.
1: I wonder why. That she, this is connecting him to kingdom that's why and plausible that he, why? deniability yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. interesting uh, so I, I leave it as something that needs to be thoroughly researched by someone with the talents and the time to totally dig into, uh, dig this story out
1: I probably have to go to Kenya to talk to the people. I'm not going to do that. This is not, not crucial. I think I'm really a good uh, enough piece. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: For sure. I think so, too. Uh, so until then, it is a bizarre story, but there is certainly circumstantial evidence that young Barack Obama did travel to Kenya to meet Lord Maitreya. Now, let me spend a few minutes in the discussion uh, of the individual identified as Lord Maitreya. First of all, notice that the newspaper ad, and I showed a few minutes ago, said that the promised one would announce his identity, quote, within two months, end quote. The ad appeared on April 25th, 1982, and he did not, and he did not, again, did not make his day of declaration as promised. I have found another date from Benjamin Cream, this time from December 1995, when he announced that Lord Betraya said his day of declaration was, quote, soon, end quote. Today is May 25, 2015, and as of this date, this promised one has not made his identity known to the world. Day. And as of October 3rd, 2022, he still has not made his day of declaration. I would now like to discuss the fact that when I first read this newspaper advertisement, I noticed serious contradictions. Uh, let me repeat how this appointed one has, has How this appointed one would make his presence known to the world. And within the next two months, he will speak to humanity through a worldwide television and radio broadcast. It occurred to me that some of the people of the world do not own radios or televisions. So how would he hear the worldwide message? Very good point.
1: Does this seem to wicked his arguments?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, about one third of the world is sleeping at one, any one time of the night. So even if they had radios and televisions, they might not be awake to hear the message. One <laughs> uh, can only wonder why a being as powerful as this Lord Maitreya. Is portrayed as being as being would need radios and television to communicate uh, the people of the world <laughs> but then the ad went on to point out that he would use the means to reach the people of the world it said this his message will be heard inwardly telepathically by all people in their own language
1: so someone said, I, I, "You can't do that. use the radio television. Try this. Try this approach." Uh-huh.
0: So the ad first says that he will use radios and television to communicate with the world, and then it says that he will communicate inwardly and telepathically. <laughs> so which is going to be? It seems to be a major contradiction. Um, if he can communicate inwardly, telepathically, he would not need, have a need to use radios or television. That's right. Um,
1: just, uh, that makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. But as I said, Lord Maitreya has not acknowledged his identity as of today, May 25th, 2015. In other words, it did not matter because Lord Maitreya. Didn't communicate with or without radios or television, <laughs> and he didn't do it telepathically either. But I can presume that many people on Earth uh, might be aware of his presence on the Earth, but not be aware of the problems I mentioned, and could actually and could actually believe that the Lord Betray was really the one awaited by these various religions, but we have to be fair to Barack Obama if he didn't attend a gathering in 1988. He might not have known of the contradictions and felt that he would need to meet with uh, this promise, uh, Imam Mahdi of his faith. Because the year of his 1988 appearance in Nairobi, Kenya is only six years after the date of of the advertisement. But all in all, I would say in the year 2015, Lord Betraya failed to bring the world his message. Now, let me draw some conclusions from all of what we have learned about Lord Betraya and Barack Obama, because this is perhaps the best evidence that Obama did meet Lord Maitreya in Nairobi, Kenya in 1988. Um, and he believed that he was the promised Muslim, Imam Mahdi. First, we must remember that one thing that the Lord Maitreya promised us was in the future was Change, Profound change. This is a picture of Barack Obama at a podium that is displayed. Well, that is displayed one of his campaign signs during the presidential campaign of 2008. Yeah. Change. (laughs) And we have the picture coming. Here we go. Change that we can believe in. Uh, notice that candidate Obama is promising us change. Change, profound change. <laughs> now, I'd like to, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that the, quote, profound changes is our political, economic, and social life, end quote, are the same profound changes in our political, economic, and social life envisioned by the... Envisioned by the Novus Ordem Seclorum, Latin for the New World Order, and announced as America's secret destiny by this nation's founders in in, uh, 1782. And if you want that document, may I urge you to consider reading my book entitled The New World Order, published in 1990. And there's a picture of the New World Order by A. Ralph Epperson, and it's got the seal from the behind dollar bill on it. Now I am bringing my presentation to a close. I want to give credit to Lord Matreya. His supporters print a uh, newsletter called The Emergence. <laughs> you threw me for a loop with that one, Ralph. <laughs> uh-huh. You really surprised me with that one. <laughs> giving credit to him.
1: Well, yeah. The at, uh, okay, there uh, it is.
0: There's. So there's a copy. It's, they're
1: mailing these out. No, I'm, I'm saying uh-huh.
0: there's
1: a me, There's a uh, uh, explaining that comment. I
0: know. I know. It just it took me by surprise when they saw it. <laughs> and the last one I received from them was dated April thirteenth, twenty fifteen. And it contained a message about Lord Maitreya, and it was...
1: We're almost finished. Three or four more.
0: Maitreya's open... Okay. Maitreya's open mission has begun, and he himself has said, soon, very soon, you will see my face and hear my words. <laughs> he better hurry up. He's getting older.
1: Yes, I know.
0: I think it's important to point out that for years he has not had his day of declaration and therefore he we can honestly say this about Lord Maitreya Maitreya will betray you he is not who they say he is so very true I am closing this presentation on October 3rd 2022 and Lord Betraya has still not made his day of declaration I have to give him credit for that
1: <laughs> Here, here's what I meant by that. he's
0: unreliable <laughs> he won't give up thank you for watching this presentation may God bless America and now it ends Wanna shut it down, Ralph? What's that? You wanna end? Yes. Should I close it off? Well, it's up to you. Okay, well folks, we want to No, that's okay. Folks, we wanna thank you. Uh Ralph, you did a wonderful job. I mean, that was an excellent presentation. Thank you.
1: <laughs> David, it's my pleasure because I'm hoping you'll reach people and you'll see something's going on here. And we'd better get busy.
0: Exactly. That's right. I agree totally. Get the word out there, folks. Get to work. So, Ralph, thank you so much for being here with us today. And, and uh, well, heck, you know, it's your show. So, it's, it's what am I show. thanking you for?
1: Uh, Let's just say we're a partnership. Anyway. Mean, if you couldn't read the English language, we'd be in trouble.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, right?
1: Because I'm showing these things... I'll repeat it for the last time, and then we get in. If you hear it and see it at the same time, Uh you retain 60%. If you only hear it or see it, it's 15%. So you increase your effectiveness by four.
0: That's right.
1: That's why I do it.
0: That's right. You know, I know Dart. I know darn well that I, as I was reading along. Those of us, those that are watching this, they were reading along too.
1: Okay. So. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. They, yeah. I'm trying. Okay. I got a question for you just a couple of minutes after we end it. Okay. So stay, stay tuned.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So, folks, we, uh, God bless you and thank you for being with us. We'll see you next Wednesday. Ralph, God bless, and I'll talk to you in a minute, okay? God bless to you,
1: David. Thank you very
0: much. Onward and upward. Excelsior. Excelsior.